Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Sue, welcome back. Thanks, Dong. Good to see you. Good to see you up in Sydney again. Yes, I know. So once again, I've nabbed you for a session of Culture Bites. <laughs> you have. I think uh, every time you come up here, I'm trying to get in your diary. So absolutely glad I'm uh, successful. Yes, I'm happy to do it too. Yeah, fantastic. And so actually, um, speaking of travel and so on, you were down in Adelaide a couple of weeks ago running a professional development event for debriefing groups and working with teams. Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah, and actually at the same time, I was in Sydney doing the the same thing. Same day, same time, different place. Different place, <laughs> different place. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. So that's part of our ongoing development of of our creative network. So if you're creative with us, we've got a calendar out there of events throughout the year that you can come along to free of charge, which is around developing skills and stuff for people. So Skills and confidence. And confidence. Mm, absolutely. So that's a good point because I think the thing for me that I noticed, and I don't know about you when you were doing it, was people, they're usually pretty confident in using the LSI and stuff yes. because that's kind of what they, they came for initially, not so confident in debriefing the GSI. Mm. I would 100% agree with that. And there's a few reasons for it. I think the first reason is that their only experience of GSI in the five accreditation days that they go through is during the foundations workshop. Uh And they're experiencing it from a participant's perspective. Uh And when you're actually there participating and somebody else is facilitating, it doesn't give you a deep understanding of what it takes to actually facilitate the activity. Uh, and, you know, I mean, my opinion on this, I think people freak themselves out that they have to be the expert. Mm. And the thing I've realized about both the Lifestyles Inventory and the Group Styles Inventory and, and all of our tools, really, is that it's the start of a conversation and actually people, the other people actually do most of the work for you, yeah, <laughs> to do. be honest. They do. And because you can trust the data, mm. do you know, you can trust mm. the data and you can, you can actually, as long as you draw their story out, you'll see their story supported by the data and reflected in the data as well. Yeah. And so like, at least in the session I was running in Sydney, I was going to say, it's, it's not, it's not that hard actually. To it's, run a GS. To run and facilitate the group through a group styles inventory mm. and looking at team behaviors and how they work together. It's not hard from a point of view of getting people talking. I think that's what everyone's terrified of. It's oh. like, oh my God, I'm going to be met with stony silence and, <laughs> and nothing happens. Well, that's one of the reasons why we have the simulations for people to use. It gives them a shared activity that you then have them complete the group styles inventory at the end of. And they're describing when they fill out that group styles inventory, the participants are, are, are describing how they were feeling and what they were thinking during the activity, the behaviours that they saw occurring actually during that activity and how effective the group was at problem solving. Yeah, right. And do you always have to do it with a simulation, sir? No. No, you can run a a group styles inventory off any shared activity. So the only prerequisite really is that they're same place, same time, under the same roof, doing the same thing, Mm. and that they complete the inventory right at the very end Mm. before they get distracted off into other things and Mm. the, the clarity of their memory in relation to what their experience was of that shared activity starts to diminish. 
Because I think sometimes people I've heard think that you have to do it with a simulation, which are awesome and I love them. Mm. And we run them. So those, for people who don't know, around problem solving kind of activities. So if you've got a team working together and they're working on solving a problem of any type or description, you can run Mm. it. You Mm. can run it for project meeting, really any shared activity. Do you think it works better when they're solving something? They've got to come up with some kind of decision, solution, Mm, something like that. Yes, they do. So it's not just a update, like I I did this this week. Yes. (laughs) Or something, you know. Yeah. But actually... The death by round table check-in. The the, the death by (laughs) round table check-in, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So what people ask, though, is what's a simple way of... Like, what should I have in the back of my head if I'm working with a team, talking around behaviors and how they went solving a problem Mm -hmm. what are the kind of structures and stuff that i should just have in the back of my head that will help me you know just get through that a bit you know in a sort of i guess a say the word again structured way so we actually have that synergistic problem solving equation Uh and that you'd be familiar with the effective solutions equals quality times acceptance Mm. and if they use that as a frame where they explore what are the quality aspects of the decision. That means the rational processes and would include things like, did we cover all of the facts? Have we explored options? Did we question assumptions? Have we done a critical analysis? Those sorts of things fall under rational processes. And if you're thinking of it from a circumplex perspective, it points straight to task. Right, so those those aspects are called the quality aspects mm. of problem solving, and you multiply that by the other side, which is quality times acceptance, and the acceptance part speaks to the interpersonal processes. So it's all very well to have a quality process that you step through. But if the interpersonal processes, which include things like how clear was the communication, how collaborative was the interaction within the team, did everybody have an equal voice, Mm. were people respectful of Mm. each other's views and opinions, Mm. were you able to discuss all aspects of this problem freely, do you know? All of those things fall under the interpersonal processes, i.e. the acceptance how well did people listen or did they just talk all over each other? Point to the people orientation side of the circumplex. So I guess people would say, Sue, like that sounds all very nice, right? Mm. We should listen to each other. You know, we should, you know, bring people into the conversation. That's all nice. But if we had a quality solution anyway, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, but like, I'm, yeah. like seriously, like if, yeah. the, if the decision, we've got a 10 out of 10 decision here. So mm-hmm. why does the other, if we listened or not, why does it matter? Well, it matters because these things are multipliers for each other. So if you if you put a little numerical equation to it, and we'll talk 10 out of 10, okay, mm. for ease of maths, because maths isn't exactly my strong suit. Sure. So if we give ourselves a 10 for the quality, i.e. the rational processes, and we give ourselves a zero for the interpersonal, what have we got? 10 times zero equals... Zero. Zero, but I thought this was uh, not a master. <laughs> <laughs> and on the opposite side of the equation, if we give us, if we have a great time and we're highly interactive and connected and we're building rapport and relationships and we're listening to each other, uh-huh. 
And so we give ourselves a 10 out of 10 for that side of the equation, but we've neglected the rational processes, the quality aspect, and we give ourselves a zero for that. What have we got? You know, zero, zero, another zero. And it's only when you have equal effort, a really good shot at equal effort under both sides of that equation that you get the multiplying effect. So let's say you do well in quality and you do well in acceptance and 10 times 10 equals 100. That gives you the most effective solution. So what does that look like though? If, if people haven't accepted it, why is that a problem? Like, like in reality, why is that a problem? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's because if people haven't accepted it, you can have all of the quality aspects covered, but you need people to get the outcome that you want. Mm. Do you know? So if you don't have anything on the acceptance side or very low on the acceptance side, then you're not going to get the most effective outcome. Mm. And I can give you some examples. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds juicy. I like this. It's from a previous life and I'm not sure that um, (laughs) it would be very well received. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've I've got one then if you're you're nervous about that. Go on. The one I see when this shows up is either where, probably two situations. It's one where someone's bulldozed a solution through, yes. right? Which is a mixture, actually, from a group point of view of aggressive. So they, they were aggressive, but actually the rest of the team were passive because they yes. allowed it to happen. Mm. And so sometimes in group dynamics, there's things people do, but there's also the all the other people who stand by and watch it mm. to keep in mind, right? Mm-hmm. So they often go together the passive and defensive stuff. So it's someone who bulldozes something through. They might be right. They might be right. But when we leave the room, we've all nodded yes, but when we leave the room, no one's going to do anything about it. Mm. I'm not actually committed That's right. to going away and doing implementing this decision of I'm going to nod here and then I'm going to go about my day mm. <laughs> or half-heartedly do it or whatever. Mm. And so that's, that's why that side matters. If we pull back, Sue, so if we, we go into the quality part of it because it's interesting I, I wonder if we might have a different view on this because i'm a huge on the quality side of the equation <laughs> i'm probably on the people side of the equation yeah. but i keep one foot firmly planted i on keep the, on and the i quality keep side i'll too. keep one foot on the other side too yeah. so so, <laughs> so between us <laughs> we're good we're good and so what i love about i think having an effective problem solving approach and i think very, very, very few teams actually have an effective approach. They sit down and start talking and think that it just kind of works out, which is kind of like, you know, dealing with change or something. People Mm. think we'll just start doing things and it will work out without having a kind of overall approach and plan. Mm. They don't have a strategy. They don't understand what their priorities are. Do you know, they're just into instant action. Just getting into the, into Mm. the weeds. The interesting thing is, especially like, so when you do do simulations and stuff, a lot of teams will talk, will either jump straight to the details or they'll talk about strategy, mm. but they don't necessarily agree, agree on the strategy yeah. explicitly. It's very common, isn't because it? Because we talk, you've got this idea, I've got that idea. Oh, this is getting a bit awkward and a bit complicated. Well, what did you get for number one? Or like, mm, mm, what, what's mm. your first priority? Mm. And so we avoid, actually, we end up avoiding the decision so rather than being a kind of achievement place we're going to passive happens all the time and i also think by having a really robust process you actually can avoid a lot of pitfalls in the interpersonal stuff you can because the 
A problem I see a lot of teams fall into is advocacy. Mm. So I think we should go left. And then, no, I think we should go right. And now your ego is turned up and going, is mm-hmm. tied up and going right, and my ego is tied up and going left because it's my idea mm-hmm. and your idea. And so now it's not and a battle so, of is left or right correct. It's a battle of wills. A battle of is Dom who's right or Sue correct. <laughs> yeah, so you know? we've, we've fallen into oppositional behavior. Yeah, exactly. And so mm. instead of this kind of advocacy model, which is what most teams do, mm. right? This is me and my idea. Mm. That's you and your idea. Instead of doing that, it's around having a process where what are the options? Mm. Getting all the options out. Mm-hmm. Let's get all of the ideas and let's build on the ideas. Let's build on them. So there's mm. left, right, there's up, down, there's around, there's underneath, whatever. Mm. And so we get them all out. And then we say, what are the merits of left? What are the merits of right? What are the merits of going around? Whatever. Mm. And also, what's our outcome? What's the outcome that we want? Yeah. <laughs> what's our, yeah, yeah. What what's are we, our yeah. goal? Right. But what it does is it means suddenly, you know, I should be able to speak to the merits of going right, even Mm. though it was your suggestion. Mm -hmm. And you should be able to speak to the merits of going left. And what you're trying to do is separate people a bit, the person from the idea. Mm. Can you 100% achieve it? No, I'm probably probably still going to be attracted to going left a bit. So not 100%, but the more you can do that where, okay, we're looking at all the options as a team and the merits of each and taking the best parts of each and so on, the more you can do that, the less you avoid some of the stuff that can go haywire on the interpersonal side. Absolutely. And generally what you'll find is that somebody will tend to step up and naturally take a a leadership role where they summarize, mm-hmm. where they engage with people who are perhaps not quite so forthcoming mm. and say, is there something that you'd like to contribute? We uh, haven't heard from you uh-huh. yet. They'll be checking in. you know. So there's a whole lot of active listening that goes with that and working from both a human, humanistic encouraging and affiliative space as well. Mm. And I love that about active listening. I know one I talk about, I think you might use it too, is like with teams, I always ask them, were we, you know, active listening, we all know we're supposed to do this, mm-hmm. but were we genuinely actively listening, mm. or were we just patiently waiting for our turn to speak? Yes. Are we sitting there with a mind full of the next thing that we're going to say? Yeah. So are we, yeah. So we're patiently waiting, waiting or, maybe, to interject. or maybe we're reloading, right? So mm. here's my next thought coming at mm. you. Bam. Mm, bam. Yeah. Right? So are we genuinely <laughs> listening to people? <laughs> or the most extreme that we probably see is when nobody's listening to anybody because they're so busy talking over each other. Well, yeah, and you hear that one where it's like someone suggested saying, then five minutes later, someone else suggests the same Same thing thing. and obviously (laughs) didn't hear them. And there's indignation. Well, I said that. (laughs) I said that five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Nobody heard them because they've all been talking over each other. Or the other one, yeah. And so the one I see as well is like people throw ideas out to the void Mm. and it just like disappears into the ether. Yes. So it's like, I think we should go left. It's like, so about going right, like, (laughs) you know. Or they put their idea forward and then they will undermine their own idea by oh. saying something like, oh, but what would I know? Do you know, I'm not an expert in this particular field. So they pull it straight back. They don't, mm. they don't stand there and own it. Which is another actually um, on the rational process side mm. is, is not judging options too early, mm. not judging the ideas too early. And mm-hmm. teams often do this where we accept or dismiss ideas instantly. Yes. Right. So I think we should go right. 
nah, we shouldn't go right. Or the other way is, yes, we should, because maybe either we're going with the first idea that's thrown out because we don't want to disagree mm-hmm. or it's the boss or something. So we're not going to say no. Yeah. We just go with the first idea. Or maybe we just reject it out of hand without actually exploring it. So Yeah. So why is that idea the best option? Why do you think so? Yes. Being curious, right? And yes. and is it feasible? Mm. You know, what are the merits of it? What are the benefits of it? So often, like, we, we um, have a kind of gut reaction or a hip, shoot from the hip and shoot stuff down or accept it at face value without mm. actually looking into it. You know, and you could really do a little SWOT analysis on every option. What are the strengths of it? What are the weaknesses of it? What are the opportunities? What are the threats? Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of potential outcomes, easily done. Does a simple, simple, simple thing to do, oh. and it's you know people just rush, rush to the next thing. Yeah, well, yeah, we go straight to the solution. Yeah, yeah, straight to the so solution. So we skip, we skip we've the strategy. Properly defined the problem. So we skip the understanding yeah. the facts. <laughs> we skip the strategy. Yeah, we skip the options. We skip mm. the weighing the alternatives. We just go straight to solutions. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 100% with you on, I, like, I love rational problem solving. Like, that's that's just something that appeals to me. But I get the other side as well. So I understand the importance of the other side. Like I said, well, one, you're not getting all the options out if you're not bringing people in. Mm-hmm. You know, and so often I say people who are on that task side, like, I really want to get done. I want to do a great job. And it's like, if you want to do, if you really want to succeed, then you've got to get the best ideas. Mm. And you don't know where those always and sit. They may not necessarily be yours. <laughs> they may not necessarily be yours. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, I, ha- yeah. I think it's one of the things that is a great learning for anybody to have that value the contribution of every individual. Mm. Because it doesn't matter what role that person has in an organization, the idea might be something that nobody else has thought about. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's it's actually listening. <laughs> it's actually listening. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's um, it's funny. I was debriefing someone the other day and we were talking about people, people side, task side and stuff like that. And they were like, it was saying about, oh, no, I asked for suggestions. And I said, do you, do you listen to them and act yes, on them? Yeah, like, great question. <laughs> not really. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, you otherwise you're just ticking a box, aren't you? Mm, so, mm. so and it's the same in groups, mm. right? If we're going to ask people for input, we have to listen to it too. That's right. Yeah. And you notice the difference when you're running a session that you're going to have a GSI off the back of, the difference in their behavior when time comes into the equation. So if you give them a time call, five minutes remaining, then all of a sudden, if they were doing some listening and not paying it, you know, some really good active listening, but had forgotten to pay attention to the time. Mm. Uh, Fascinating. Suddenly they switch to get shit done mode. Absolutely. Full on task, transactional. Yeah. We need to get this done. It's quite fascinating. And you see people, I often, when I'm running a GSI, when we're introducing the circumplex, I do like to get a sense from people whether they think they're stronger in task orientation or people orientation. Mm. And you see it play out when the time pressure comes. Mm. Do you know? Mm. That if they haven't progressed enough in the activity, those that have a stronger task orientation are bump hard over into task. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually it's actually a good point. What I was just thinking about when you're when you're saying that and you kind of reminded me was 
and picking up on the whole, you know, we need to, if we're going to ask people for feedback, we've got to listen to it. Doesn't mean we have to do it. No. Right? I just want to stress there's a difference because if we if we just accept everything that everyone says, then it's actually gone into passive zone. That's right. Right? So it's actually about, you can listen to it. Doesn't mean you have to always do the thing mm. people say. And I think, you know, people say, you know, involving people and so on and decision making. Yeah, it's super important. But I don't think everyone needs to have every decision go their way. No, absolutely. Right? Well, they can't we're, necessarily. We're, we're adults. It's not yeah. the real world, all that. But I think what people do want is to felt that they've been listened to, yes, that they've been heard. That's right. And then they're actually okay if the decision doesn't go their way because mm-hmm. I feel like you considered my point of view and, you know, it wasn't to be or whatever. Mm. I can live with that. What gets the goat on people is when I felt like I haven't, you haven't actually understood what I'm trying to tell you. Mm. And then you've said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. So, Which yeah, is but all, you haven't understood. <laughs> yeah, it's all about consensus decision making, isn't it? Which is not about let's have a vote on what we're going to do. Which is passive. And, which is, <laughs> yep. and or aggressive, depending on how well, it's Well, if done. you've got the numbers, I yeah, suppose. if you've got yeah, the yeah, numbers, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, consensus decision-making means that it, it may not necessarily be your preferred option, but you can live with the outcome. And generally, people will feel as though they've been part of a consensus decision-making process uh, when they've been heard, uh, but uh. not if they have not been heard and not had the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess just recapping for people, so mm-hmm. we've talked a bit around effective solutions equals quality times acceptance. So what are the kind of, what are the high level things I need to keep in mind stepping through a debrief or when I'm, even when I'm just observing a group as mm-hmm. well? That they need to remember to look for evidence of the rational processes, which is the quality element of yep. that equation and the interpersonal processes, which is the acceptance element. And so we're talking rational processes and quality talk is pointing to task orientation of the uh-huh. circumplex, and we're talking acceptance and interpersonal processes pointing to the people side of uh-huh. the circumplex. Uh-huh. So they absolutely need to keep that in mind and evidence of those various processes so that they can discuss it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you just, for me, debriefing, I usually start on the, the process side because that's Maybe that's a reflection of me. The rational process the rational, side. The yeah. rational side. How did we do? How did we go about it? Mm. And then, okay, what about supporting and stuff? So mm. it's actually pretty simple. If you, and in my experience, so people are nervous about doing this. My experience, especially with intact real teams, they're dying to have this conversation because mm-hmm. we all know that we talk in circles about the same thing every meeting. Yes, and the elephant's still sitting in the room and at the end of every Every activity, every meeting. Every time. So mm. people are actually often chomping at the bit to have this kind of conversation. And so usually I find it's not about getting people to say something. It's usually about getting them towards the conclusion, right? Yes. And, and the action. So it's about staring them down. And that's why that quality acceptance, having that in mind, gives you, I guess, avenues in which to, to drill down and say, okay, so on the quality side, on the rational process side, what's something we could do differently? Mm-hmm. On the acceptance side, so how do we interact? How do we work together? Mm-hmm. What can we do differently? Mm-hmm. And if you land on an action or two on either of those sides, I think you're doing well. I do too. Beautiful. Well, thanks for that, Sue. You're very well. I hope that's useful for our listeners. Yes, we do hope so. Come along to PD events because they're designed to increase your competence and your confidence, and we'd love to see you there. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we just did ones on group work. 
but I think there's more of those coming up. But there's also yeah. ones on debriefing individuals, leaders, working yes. on culture. And even if you're not a creative in culture, you can come along to that. Mm. So yeah, don't be shy. Come along, say hello. Yes, look forward to seeing you. All right, catch you <laughs> on the next one too. Bye now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyright by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au. Thank you.